Chadwick's sponsoring the Sunday evening talk sport on CRKC 88.7 FM. Yes, Sunday the 6th of September, you're very welcome to Sunday Evening's Talk Sport and a bumper programme we have for you this evening. We might not even get all our reports in because if we don't, we'll call some of the junior games over till tomorrow evening and we'll hopefully that won't be necessary. But uh, we already know that the Shamrocks Valley Hale, Lachlan Gales and Dixborough are into the county semi-final draw which will take place shortly in Nolan Park. The other game, we're going to kill that team tune now um, and we're now going straight to Nolan Park where Pat Tracy is at the final quarter-final. It's James Stevens and Mullinavad. Pat, how are things going there? Much time left. Uh, yes, well, we're about um, three minutes into uh, the, uh, the final quarter, and uh, at the moment it's uh, James Stevens leading by 118. And at 113 now, it was causing them to point for Mullinavas, and then try to go to side, and there's a point there for uh, Mullinavas, and I think it was um, Ian Dogan pointed. So 118 uh, to 113, and uh, well, they're back coming more into the game. They've drawn their players back to the field. And that's just John Welsh uh, up on his own and uh, uh, to, to isolate them there. And uh, they're, they're getting a bit more um, a bit more value out of their efforts. And uh, certainly have to improve it. But uh, James Stevens still have the lead by five points. OK, so well, they've been good coming late in matches, Mullinavat. So obviously that's a chance. So how much time is left in normal time, Pat? Uh, well, we're gone. It's about 22 minutes and uh, seconds. So, so about that, eight, maybe ten minutes left in the in the ten game. Minutes, say, ten yeah. minutes, okay. Ten All right, Pat. We'll be back to you in uh, in Nolan Park uh, shortly uh, to get a further update on that. That's Pat Tracy. That's Pat Tracy in Nolan Park, and uh, we'll uh, we'll now see how uh, Tullerone, a big uh, well, Pat was involved in this as well, uh, a relegation battle yesterday. Tullerone and Dane's Fort, Derek Dooley. Tullerone and Dane's Fort met at Park Lacton in Freshford on Saturday in the St. Canons' senior relegation semi final. From the outset, Tullerone took a firm grip of the game, which they held on to tightly during the 60-minute encounter. This was always going to be a big challenge for the Danes' fourth men, who fielded without centre-forward Richie Hogan and centre-back Pottle O'Neill, both of whom picked up injuries the previous week against Mullinavat. Tullerone laid down the marker in the first 10 seconds, and Padraig Walsh blocked down the ball from James Mullally, gathered and sent the ball over from 70 yards. This was added to by brother Shane, Tullerone's free taker in the fourth minute. James Ford had early wide freeze before John Walton slotted over a third Tullerone point from a difficult angle in the seventh minute. Three points to no score. It wasn't until the eleventh minute that James Ford registered their first score with a point from a free by Paddy Hogan. This was immediately cancelled out when County Senior veteran Tommy Walsh put one over the black spot for Tullerone. Just before the water break, Martin Keown, operating at centre forward, added a point for Tullerone. Five points to one of the leads to the Sashmen. On the resumption, Tullerone moved Parry Walsh to centre forward and immediately made his presence felt with the point. A minute later, a pass from Tommy Walsh found John Walton unmarked on the edge of the Danesford parallelogram and his rasping shot was brilliantly saved by Kevin Ireland on the Danesford goal, the rebound being sent wide. However, the short puck out was gathered by Mossy Keown and sent straight over the bar. In a ding-dong three minutes, Paddy Hogan shone the beacon of hope for James Fort with an excellent point, having gathered from a long delivery by Jake Cullen. Again, this was nullified immediately after with a Shane Walsh free. Barry Walsh added another immediately. Paddy Hogan cancelled that out with a fine point, only to have the same done to him by Dylan Simpson, who stretched the Tullerone lead to seven points, ten points to three. 
Paddy Hogan converted again for Dane's four before John Walsh laid off a lovely pass to Padraig Walsh, buried it into the right corner of the net for Dane's four. One ten to four points, and Tullerone were now dominating all sectors of the field, led by a stout defence in which Martin Welsh dominated. Paddy Hogan won a great ball, forcing a Tullerone foul, which he duly converted from the resulting free. The Moss Dunn stood up and added his name to the score sheet for Tullerone. A high-dropping ball, 4-65 then from Paul Buggy, and Paddy Hogan converted to 65, which was the final action of the half. Half-time score, Tullerone, 1-11, gains 46 points. In the second minute of the new half, Paddy Walsh gathered a loose ball from the uh, middle of the field and put it over. John Walton scored another in the fifth minute, and Bill Gaffney followed suit a minute later. 1-14 to 6 points to Tullerone. Then a cross-field ball from Paddy Mullen found Paddy Hickey, who scored a great point over his left shoulder. Martin Welch next took his share of the glory when the sideline found him unmarked and he slotted it over. Shortly afterwards, brother Shane followed with another free, 116 to 7 points, a 12-point lead, and now Tullerone were looking very comfortable. Just when all hope was fading, a long delivery from Jake Cullen dropped in the square and Dylan Dunphy Wallace was on hand to force the ball over the line for a much-needed Danesworth goal. At the water break, it was Tullerone 116, Danesworth 17. On the resumption, Paddy Hogan pointed for Dane's fourth. The Tullerone reply came in the form of a brace of points for Dylan Simpson and John Walton to leave 10 points between the sides. Paddy Hogan and Shane Walsh swapped frees in the 21st minute of the second half. Dane's fourth then hit three points without reply. A 65 from Paddy Hogan and two from Paddy Hickey. Dane's fourth kept on the pressure now and surged towards goal. However, advance was repulsed by the stout and resolute Tullerone defence, who were there in numbers for every ball, and thus it was played out until the final whistle. Tullerone running out comfortable winners on a score line of Tullerone 119, James Ford 112. And so, after their first year back up senior ranks, Tullerone saved their senior status, while James Ford now faced into their fourth relegation final against Greg Ballycallum. Yeah, that was Eric Dooley. Thanks for that, Eric. Well, we're heading back now to uh, the uh, out to Gordon to Dixborough and Aaron's own. This game, I think, is pretty much done and dusted. But Kieran Harry's covering that for us. But he also has a few words on the Clara versus Shamrocks match today. Kieran, yeah, it's uh, at the moment Nicky out and Gordon here is two twenty-two to Aaron's own one eleven. So Dixborough well in control and definitely they're on their way to the Section B final against James Stevens next weekend. But um, yeah, in in Northern Park today, sure, it was a. Uh, Free scoring opening 10 minutes for Valley Hill. They opened the scoring through a TJ Point who was cancelled out with a Jason Burn free. And it, then it came back to um, Owen Cody goal, his first goal of the game, Stevie 1 1 to point after four minutes. Then Owen Reid followed with another goal in, in the fifth minute. And then Owen Reid followed again in the sixth minute. So in the space of two minutes, there were three goals gone in and that finished the Clara challenge. But fairness to him, the battle back through Chris Bulger point in the sixth minute, Stevie 3 1 to 1. And Derek Harkin came forward. He scored to make a 3 2 to 2 after seven minutes. Liam Rain, TJ, uh, Liam Rain pointed before TJ Reid added the fourth goal for Valley Hale Shamrocks to leave a 4 2 to 3 in the 12th minute before TJ added two frees. Darren Mullen added a point, and then Liam Rain added his second point to leave a 4 5 to 4 at the end of the first drinks break. Then Colin Fenley pointed, Martin O'Connell pointed for Clara before Liam, Liam Rain added his third point to the game to leave a 4 6 to 6 as he approached half time. Belly Hale finished the strongest again with a point from Evan Shefflin. Joey Holden came forward, got a great score and a TJ Reid free to leave a 4 9 to 7. It was all Belly Hale then in the second half with TJ Reid adding two early frees. Connor Shea did get a point for Clara to make a 4 11 to 8 in the 35th minute, but then TJ Reid and Chris Bulger exchanged points to leave a 4 12 to 9 in the 36th minute. Then a great save from Kevin Nolan in the Clara goal. Ron Reid reacted quickest and he pointed to leave a 4 13 to 9 in the 37th minute. 
then again bring Cody and Martin O'Connell exchange points leave a 4-14 to 10 heading towards the 50th minute and then one of the best scores of the game came from Owen Cody when he shot over his left hand side from 45 yards out to make it 4-15 to 10 then the very very impressive Derek Harkin came forward and ended the game with two excellent scores to leave a 4-18 to 11 points to Valley Hill yeah, very comfortable, uh, Kieran, and they're 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 looking like uh, the hot shots, are they? Ah, uh, definitely, Nicky. Just with the with the forwards to have, and I was saying it on during the day. Just the work rate, Nicky, after forwards is making it very very difficult for the Clara defence to get any decent ball into their forwards. And when you when you have forwards working as hard as that, it makes it difficult for teams. And yeah, I definitely think at the moment, Nicky, they're the ones to beat, and I don't think anyone will be looking forward to getting them in the draw either. Okay, Kieran, thanks. We won't bother going back to you because this is two twenty-three to one eleven in favour of the borough. We'll get the we'll get your words on that tomorrow night. Thanks, Kieran. Perfect. Thanks, Nicky. Okay, that was uh, Kieran Nari. Uh, we'll head back to Lola Park now in a moment. Uh, Bear is working the phones from here, and in the meantime, we have Kieran again with uh, Dixborough and Benesbridge a pre-recorded report. The St. Canis's Credit Union Senior Hurling Quarter Final, Dixborough 327, Bridge 213. Dixborough opened the score in the second minute through Shane Stapleton, but Nicky Clear cancelled it out with a point at free, leaving a point apiece in the fourth minute. Shane Stapleton and Hugh O'Neill then exchanged scores to level proceedings again in the sixth minute at two points apiece, before Shane Stapleton and Owen Goff pushed Dixborough into a four points to two lead in the eighth minute. Two announcer points then through a Nicky Clear free and Lean Blanchfield level proceedings again in the eleventh minute at four points apiece, before Nicky Clear pushed Bridge into a one-point lead, five points to four in the 13th minute. From the resulting puck out, then Dixborough worked the ball up the pitch. Ned Nolan found himself in space on the 21-yard line. He made no mistake, burying the ball to the back of the net, leaving one four to five points in the 13th minute. Aidan Clear did respond with a great score for Bridge, leaving one four to six. But Shane Stapleton, who was accurate on the free so far on the day, left it one five to six points in the 17th minute. Dixborough's second goal came in the 19th minute when great work from Mark Nolan popped the pass in in front of Lee, John Run and Lee Moore. The ball bounced once and he doubled on it to the back of the net, leave a 2-5-6 to six in the 19th minute. Lee Moore then responded with two excellent scores from play to leave a 2-7-6 in the 24th minute before Hugh O'Neill then added Bennis Bridge's first goal of the game when he found himself in space on the 14-yard line. He buried the ball to the back of Dara Hooligan's net to leave a 2-7-1-6 in the 25th minute. Ollie Welsh then pointed an excellent score off his left-hand side to leave a 2-8-1-6 but Kevin Blanchfield pointed again to leave a 2-8-1-7 in the 27th minute. Mark Nolan, Aidan Clear and Shane Stapleton and Nicky Clear exchanged scores to leave a 2.10 to 1.9 on the stroke of half time before Chris Kavanagh, Shane, Stapl- Shane Stapleton added a point from play and a point from point at free pushed Dixborough into a 2.13 to 1.10 lead at half time. Dixborough started the braces in the second half through Bill Sheen but Nicky Clear cancelled it out with a point from play but Dixborough then tapped over four and answered points to leave a 2.18 to 1.11 in the 38th minute. Took until the 39th minute for Bennis Bridge to register their first points from play in the second half through Kevin Blanchfield to leave a 218 to 112. But in the 43rd minute, any chance of a Bennis Bridge revival was crushed when Enda Clear made a mistake with the Bennis Bridge full back line. Bill Sheen found himself with an empty net in front of him. He buried the ball to the back of the net to leave a 318 to 112. Dixborough outscored Bennis Bridge 8 points to 1 1 in the final quarter. Two points from Ongoff, three from substitute Martin Gaffney, two from Three from substitute, Ushing Goff, two from play and one from a free. And Mark Nolan's third point of the game. But there was consolidation through a Kevin Blanchfield goal, which was deserving of his performance on the day in the 55th minute. But Dixborough deservingly ran out 16-point winners and move on to the semi-final for the first time since 2017. Yeah, that was Kieran Airy. Good win for the Borough there against a disappointing Brendan Bridge. Let's go back to Nolan Park. Pat Tracy. Yeah, well, it's, uh, we're in the final quarter, the final few minutes here. And the final quarter is more or less belongs to one of the back, but uh, they're still trailed by three points. Uh, 
for exempt appointed uh, to leave it uh, 117-112 Tygo Dwyer to be five then John Walsh Ian Duggan Willie O'Dwyer John Walsh uh, all pointed 118-116 just to give over Owen Gilfile pointing a free there uh, to lift the siege for uh, the uh, James Stevenson who have just managed two points in the, in the final quarter so far from all of that uh, keeping up the, the, what they, I suppose started last weekend and they're on the attack at the moment but uh, that seems to be repelled again and uh, they're looking for the goal and uh, a shot no hopping ball going in around the goal but it's uh, taken away by the full back and uh, who's down there at the very end only Michael Trennan here not going in line and uh, Jim Stevens have brought in um, Owen Larkin at centre back and they've brought in David Walton at full forward uh, as uh, they try and lift the siege but uh, as we speak now on the move uh, is number 15 Owen Gilfile and he's pointed to put four points between them 120 to 116 and that should see James Stevens out 33 minutes and 10 seconds on the clock as we speak uh, so uh, it's uh, in very much in time added on Okay, you, Pat, you so stay on the line. I'm going to just lower the fader and we carry on with our reports, but stay on the line. We won't break the link to Nolan Park for the moment. Stay on the line. Okay. Well, that's Patrice Nolan Park. He's staying on our line. We're going to do some uh, reports we have already pre-recorded. It's Olakin Gales and Erdens Zone. St. Canis's Credit Union Senior Hurling Championship. Olakin Gales 214, Erdens Zone 10 Pines. The second of the St. Canis's Credit Union Senior Hurling Championship quarterfinal games in UPMC Nolan Park yesterday afternoon saw Lachlan Gales get the better of Aaron's own Castle Comer in a game that never really took off. The exchanges were even during the opening quarter with both teams trading points. The reliable Michael Murphy gave Aaron's own an early lead with a pointed three, but equally impressive free taker Mark Bergen replied from a place ball three minutes later for Lachlan Gales. Not for the first time, Erdens Zone were heavily dependent on Michael Murphy for their scores and he accounted for three more points by the end of the first quarter. Mark Berrigan scored three of the Lachlan Gales points in that period with the other coming from Ono Shea. As so often happens nowadays, immediately after the water break came the first goal of the game. A brilliant individual effort from Ono Shea who picked up a pass from Paddy Deegan to run 50 metres before shooting an unstoppable shot to the Erdens Zone net past Tom Brophy. Owen Wall pointed for the winners almost immediately to push the lead out to four points. That lead would have been greater had Tom Brophy not made a brilliant save from Owen Wall in the 20th minute. Michael Murphy pointed from play in the 24th minute with a rasping shot that Stephen Murphy deflected over the bar. Another point for the Castlecomer men from Owen Brennan left a goal between the sides. Just before the interval, Lachlan Gales got their second goal, a neat finish from Paddy Butler after some good combination between the attack. That goal left the winners ahead 2-6 to 6 points at the interval. The low-scoring second half was principally down to two well-organised defences, which excelled all through the game. The winners managed just two points in the third quarter through Paddy Butler and Owen Wall, with Michael Murphy again finding the rage from Freeze to see O'Loughlin Gales leading 2-8 to 10 points at the second water break. Aaron's own failed to score in the final quarter. They had a few chances, but during that period the winners' defence excelled and were superbly marshalled by Pugh Lawler and an equally impressive Paddy Deegan, but in truth all six defenders were excellent. With Aaron's own struggling for scores, O'Loughlin Gales piled on the pressure in the closing stages, with points from David Burke, Luke Hogan 2, Jordan Malai and Mark Berrigan 2 to run out comfortable winners. O'Loughlin Gales would be delighted to have reached the semi-final, but they will need to improve. Their midfield linked up well with their defence, but more will be expected from the forwards, where Owen O'Shea and Owen Wall were the principal attacking threats for most of the game, with their colleagues showing more of their capabilities in the closing stages. This was a disappointing championship exit for Aaron's own, but the match statistics don't lie. Of their 10 points, Michael Murphy scored 8. Only 3 of their points were from play, and they failed to score in the final quarter. 
Their defence was outstanding with Kieran Wallace and Conor Delaney excelling all through the game. Final score from UPMC Nolan Park, O'Loughlin Gales 2-14, Aaron's own 10 points. Yes, and it is to UPMC Nolan Park. We head back now to Pat Tracy. You there, Pat? Yeah, and uh, just the ball gone out over the end line there, and uh, it's James uh, Stevens still leading 131 to 116, and uh, this could be the last puck out of the game. The referee is calling on the James uh, Stevens um, goalkeeper, Sean Minogue, uh, puck out the ball, and uh, there goes the final whistle, and James Stevens are into the semi-final so you have three city teams now as we, as we predicted ok Pat we're going to take a break but stay on the line and we'll be back to you the draws will probably be taking place we'll keep the link up to Nolan Park ok thank you Community Radio Kilkenny City keeping you company on 88.7 FM Chadwick's sponsoring Sunday evening TalkSport on CRKC 88.7 FM. Yeah, that's us, uh, TalkSport, uh, 22 minutes past six in a hectic weekend of G-Action. Let's go back to Nolan Park, Pat. Any sign of life on the draws? Yeah. The, the draw is Munkine against Conaghy Shama. Oh. Munkine be Conaghy, yeah. Tullaher Rouse. Tullaher will play... Or tell her plan? The Emeralds. Emeralds. Her against the Emeralds. And it's obviously Piltown and. Uh, the Blacks and Whites. Piltown and Blacks and Whites. Yeah. Grand job. Okay, that's the junior. We'll finally be out for revenge after last year. <laughs> no doubt, yeah. Now, three, three good guys, and of course, James Stevens and the bar are in the B section that final as well, so it's all starting to take shape. What's coming yeah. out next, Pat? The intermediate, is it? So there you have it. Okay, are they doing the intermediate and next? And the games are on next weekend. These games are, those four games are on next weekend in the junior? Yeah, they're on next weekend in the junior, Okay, yeah. well, we'll have somebody at all of these, uh, at all of those games, wherever they take place, whatever time they take place, day or night, we'll be there. Okay, yeah. um, we're lining up the Michael Ling Motors yeah. Intermediate, that's the JJ Cavan and Sons are all the way. Michael Ling Motors Intermediate, they're all coming next, is it, Pat? Yeah. Okay, we'll let you, we'll say quite and let you call out the names now. Sorry, listeners, a little bit of feedback on the line there, but we'll, uh, we'll, get, the, we'll get the details. Then more... Downey, they're the four teams, the, yes. They're the four teams. Michael Ling of Hyundai Motors uh, making the draw. Yes, and we're grateful that Michael Ling and uh, Country Style and uh, TC Tires all helped us today with our sponsorship of our broadcast, which has been going on since 12 o'clock bar a half an hour. Mm-hmm. First team out, Thomas Town. versus. Thomastown against St. Lactons. St. Lactons. Okay, yeah. Thomastown probably the favourites at this stage and of course it's going to be Glenmore versus Liz Downey. That's it. And that's a repeat of the that's a repeat of the uh, Shield final there a couple of weeks ago, but somehow I think it'll be a very different game the next time round. Glenmore with Jerry <laughs> Edward with Jerry Edward back in action, I think it'll be a more competitive game. But nevertheless, um, anything can happen in those games. And in the senior, of course, Pat, they'll be getting ready for that now. It is the three yeah. city teams: O'Loughlin Gales, Dixborough, and James Stevens, and the country boys from Shamrocks Valley Hale, who are, uh, as they say, finding pace at the right time, Pat. Oh, definitely. I mean, they were just incredible today. But uh, Glenmore, I suppose, have to be careful with this one because uh, they're coming off extra time and a bruising kind of a game and uh, that all... Uh, te- yeah. that, 
that, that has an effect. But are the intermediates on next weekend? I'm not sure if they're on next weekend. I'm not sure if they are. Yeah, no. I think the intermediates might not be on, but we'll clarify that. Now, don't take anything yeah. we're saying on fixtures. Yeah. We do know the junior is definitely going to hit next weekend. Right. Okay, right. senior Pat, I'll let you call it. Yeah. Vincent Kendrick from uh, St. Canis Credit Union to take, make the draw. Yes, and we thank St. Canis Credit Union for all their support as well, along with Michael Ling and JJ Cavanagh. Not alone great supporters of uh, the Hurling scene in Kilkenny, but great supporters of Community Radio Kilkenny City also. Tension is unbearable. It, there will be a City Derby. Who's out? The Borough are the first out. No doubt Kieran Airy is listening patiently out there in Gordon. They will play. Dixborough and Gales. Oh, Dixborough and Auckland Gales, yes. I repeat up the uh, league final. Well, that's, uh, yeah. that's the Shamrocks Valley Hale versus James Stevens. Now, uh, repeat of last year's uh, county final. Yeah. Yeah, I think we can take We yeah. can leave you with that, Pat. Okay, yeah. thanks for that, Pat. Right. Okay, okay, that's uh, Pat Tracy uh, in uh, Nolan Park. And we'll break from Pat. We'll get uh, Barry Henriquez on the phone now in a moment. But in while Barry's getting Barry on the phone, here is the Belly Callan Roaring the Steak Report from the man himself. The Roar in the Steak 224, Greg Ballycallan 413. This is a read Gladiators versus the Lions contest without the overriding shadow. Extra time to find out which of the combatants would leave the Dunhamagan Arena walking with their heads held high or being carried by their fellow combatants on their shields. For the few neutrals, the role models changed from Gladiator to Lion and vice versa on numerous occasions. The Greg lads were certainly the Gladiators in the first 15 minutes as they led by 1-4 to 0-2 and it could have been more. They got zilch from five scorable chances and registered eight wides to boot in that first mighty. The Roar lads were just about holding on to their short tails. Tactically, one wondered at the feasibility of playing a super hurler like Richie Lai behind a centre back of the calibre of Kieran Joyce who had a brilliant game from the bell to the final whistle. At half time the Ballycallan lads led by 1-6 to 0-5. It should have been much more as I said. Sean Ryan had clattered home the goal in the 15th minute after great work by his brother Billy. The roar and the steak forwards were uh, cutting no ice against a teak-tough Ballycallan defence in which Tommy Rowland and Conor Flynn were excellent. The free-taking of Mick Gallivan was central to the scenario of the roar being as close as they were at the break. A super strike by Kieran Joyce inside the opening minutes of the second half a goal, had a goal between the sides. A terrific goal by Sean Ryan left a two-goal hill to climb for the roar and the steak lads who, who felt like climbing it. At 40 minutes, there are five points dividing the sides. A terrific paddling point in the 47 minutes left the one goal dividing the gladiators from the Lions another Pat Ling special in the 55th minute had the Lions roaring the gladiators were wilting in the face of ferocious pressure an O'Sheen Egan point on the stroke of full time looked like a death knell of the roar Lions effort but it was not to be they came roaring for road a strong run by Ryan ended with him being fouled near the sidelines some 35 metres from the safety of the Bally Callum post Gallivan stood confidently over the ball and despite severe Provocation he built at the last chance saloon point between the post. Extra time loon. With the winners ahead by two points. Billy Ryan tore. That's the first half of the extra time of the extra time. Billy Ryan tore holes through the roar defence, was foul leaving the referee with no option but to award a penalty. Billy Ryan himself shoots. The Greg lads out in front by a point. The roar in the steel like led by a point at the break in the first half of extra time. The excitement was horsepower. Tom Doyle shot a beauty to increase the roar lead after two minutes had elapsed. We're 
in the second half of extra time again a Sean Ryan goal stop the roar euphoria in their gullets in the 13th minute a Davy Ling goal two minutes later garroted the Ballycallan celebration of Ryan's goal in their throat hearts were pumping respirators were required and Oshin Egan point through Bally, uh, brought Ballycallan to within parity a Gallivan free afforded Dina Stieglas a modicum of ease as the referee checked his watch the roar support were heard to intone it's all over referee but when Davy Ling grabbed a long delivery into the Ballycallan square and he turned and he shot certainly was all over then the roar season is over for now the Ballycallan lads have a date with Danes Ford to decide the ultimate destiny what a game the roar in a steep 2.24 Greg Ballycallan 4.13 yeah that was our Barry and here's our Barry on the line now with a live report from today's game in uh, John Locke Park between Thomastown and O'Loughlin Gales all yours Bar. Yeah, okay, Nicky. Uh, uh, if you can hear me, it's 3.23 for Thomastown O'Loughlin gains 14 points. Having failed in their attempt to win the county final last year, Thomastown are going in the right direction towards rectifying that scenario this time round. Playing against a strong breeze in the first half in John Locke Park, they certainly knew that they were in a hurling game of some dimension. O'Loughlin's went at them from the gun and matched them and some more in every concept of the game. Maybe the Thomastown lads looked somewhat complacent but by half-time they certainly knew that they were in danger of being turned over. Such was the determination and fierce attitude of a very impressive city side. The sides were level at not two apiece after five minutes and they were level again at five apiece by the water break. O'Loughlin's were given as good as they got. The likes of Gary Bryan, Evan Walsh and Jamie Young hunted down and gave them a horrid time as they threatened their goal. Behind them, O'Shea Murphy, Barry Lawler and Jack Lawler were making life very difficult for the likes of J.J. Farrell, Stephen Donnelly and John Donnelly, although John Donnelly gave much of his first half hurling from a very deep attacking area. At half-time, the city side led by not 10 to not 7. The advantage could have been a little bit better. However, on the turnaround, the winner slowly but surely turned the screw. John Donnelly played his considerable talents closer to the O'Loughlin goal. John Joe Farrell grabbed a hat-trick of goals. Robbie Donnelly was the Robin Hood of the band of assassins. He missed absolutely nothing from play or freeze. The compound the O'Loughlin trauma, Thomastown had the luxury of bringing on some very, very talented subs like Dahi Byrne, Tucker Hanrahan, Dylan Waugh and Brian Hanrahan and they would command the starting spot and most other teams. The first and furthest three arrived in the 13th minute of the second half. O'Loughlin's were still at the races though at that stage, just three points a trip. But the sides were ominous for the city side. Farrell's second and third goals came in the 29th and 34th minute of the second half. Thomastown looked very good. O'Loughlin's were a match for a long way, but the obvious physical and experienced advantage of Thomastown eventually wore them down. In giving huge credit to this young, emerging band of hurlers from O'Loughlin's who were not helped by injury and demands from their senior outfit, they certainly are a very talented bunch of young lads. I love the industry of Dustin Fwamba with the never-say-day attitude. Others who impressed me were Gary and Conor Kelly, Jamie Ryan and Conor Brennan. Mark them down for future reference in addition to those mentioned. Thomas Town looked very, very impressive, but a word of caution, as if they needed it. B. Kuramuk, 
Thomastown 323 O'Loughlin Gaze 14 points Barry thank you very much Barry you take care that was our own Barry Henriquez there we have some more reports on Barry coming up and uh, now we have Glenmore versus St Martins Kieran and uh, Richie Power was at Glenmore 319 St Martins 22 points Glenmore advanced to the semi-final of the intermediate championship with a, a deserved victory over St Martins it was a different Glenmore team that played the sheet final two weeks ago and with Cheryl were back after a long term injury they will be giving themselves a real good chance in the latter stages of this championship St Martins started well and were 4-2 up after 8 minutes St. Martin scored coming from Shane Kinch with 3 frees and one from Tate from Joe Maher Alan Murphy hit the 2 frees for Glenmore Ian Byrne and Jarrell made it 4 at St. Martin hit 2 from play through John Mulhall and Shane Kinch to leave it 6-4 after 15 minutes Glenmore played our best hurling in the last 50 minutes of the first half they hit 2-1 between the 17th and 24th minutes Jarrell Burt got onto a breaking ball and finished low to the net Alan Murphy with a free and Dara Hackley with a standing goal made it 2-6-8 points Glenmore were playing a two-man full forward line and with the Glenmore half-back line outstanding and Owen Murphy calling the shots at centre-back the quality of ball that was being delivered to the forward was like we hit the half half time with Glenmore leading 2-8 to 10 points and you would have thought that Glenmore. St. Martins were outstanding in the, in the first 18 minutes of the second half. St. Martins hit four points in the first eight minutes of the half to Shane Kinch of the free. A brilliant score from David Welsh from wing back. Colin McGrath, a monster of a free from roughly 100 metres and a sideline cut from John Maher to leave it all square to 18 to 14 points. 20 minutes into the second half, St. Martins were three points up. Joe Maher was operating at centre forward and himself and Owen Murphy were having a real tussle. Glenmore finished the last five minutes with points from Owen Murphy, three, Alan Murphy from play and two from Gerelbert. Glenmore were a pint up with time up. St. Mark landed a missile to the edge of the square and Joe Maher got onto the breaking ball but was taken down with a goal at St. Mark. Jane Kingsley made it 2.15 to 21 points on the call of time and extra time to come. This was really an enjoyable 66 minutes. Both teams given their all. Jane Kingsley got St. Martin's only score in extra time after one minute James Murphy came from the Glenmore half back line to level it after three minutes from the third minute of extra time to the finish it was all Glenmore St. Martins were out on their feet having played last weekend but they didn't deserve to be beaten by six points Glenmore will give themselves a right good chance going into the semi-final next weekend and with Cheryl was hitting 2-4 today and back after injury they have a real chance in this chance final score Glenmore 3.19 St. Mark 22 points Yeah that was Richie Power and he would normally have been covering this match for us as well but the Golf Classic in uh, Carrick Shock meant he was in Callan Golf Club so Barry Henriques was, uh, has the report but we give our thanks to Declan Morton who took the notes for us at that match as he did in the Bally Callan Roar in the Seagulls as well Thanks Declan we'll get you on air one of these days Terry Shock not 17, Ballaragut not 12. This was a result that many neutrals were proved very wrong in their forecast. St. Patrick's were the big fancy of many, but the hardy battlers from the south presented a stubbornness and a better attitude than the St. Pat's lads. And as a result, it was the Shock lads who earned the right day in the Kilkenny Intermediate grade for the upcoming 2021 season. Playing with the breeze in the first half, Ballaragut played a very defensive kind of game. And as such, they failed to capitalise on the advantages the climatic elements provided. Owen O'Neill from Carrickshock, who was excellent from place balls for the winners, opened the shock and countered a fine free after two minutes. Kevin Farrell doubled the advantage with a smashing point two minutes later. It certainly wasn't a game for the purists as both sides indulged in globules of wastefulness with Breeze assisted Ballarag at the more culpable in that regard. The halftime crawled to the break with some woeful shooting and poor decision making. Carrickshock were in front by not 9 to not 8 for St. Pat's. Take Kevin Kelly out of the equation and the St. Pat's outfit would be fairly shook to put it mildly to illustrate the case one would only have to peruse the second half performance to see that not one Ballyragget forward troubled the scoreboard supervisor Kelly got them all 
Terry Shock had a let off in the 24th minute when a rasper from Joe Brennan came back off the crossbar. The winner's defence, especially Niall Tennyson, Michael Rice and John Cahill, hoovered up much of the scoring chances available to the Ballyragget lads. Jake O'Dwyer was masterful around the middle third of the park, while Jamie Power and Kevin Farrell were never beaten in the close encounters. The second half was a disaster for the boys in Maroon. Their four points take all came from the efforts of Kevin Kelly, three of them from freeze. Carry Shock moved the ball well in the second half. O'Neill was accuracy personified all through, but for Jeff Morrissey, Bill Staunton, Kevin Kelly and Sorsha Kenny, the scale would have been much, much worse for an out-of-sorts Ballyragget team. It was Carry Shock, not 17. Ballyragget had 12. That's our Barry, and uh, yes, I was in Tullerone this morning for a cracking game between St. Lactans and Dunamagan. Michael League Motors Intermediate Hurling Championship quarter final. St. Lactans Freshford 4-17, Dunamagan 2-16. Two goals in the closing six minutes saw St. Lactans Freshford deservedly overcome Dunamagan in the Michael League Motors Intermediate Hurling League quarter final in Tullerone this afternoon. This was a top-class game from start to finish with good defending and a plethora of brilliantly executed scores from both teams. St. Lactans had a better start with early points from Daramar and Liam Hickey from a free. John Fitzpatrick got Dunamagan's first point from a free on five minutes and his accuracy from place balls was key to his side all through the game. The first goal of the game arrived on six minutes. Daramar won the ball in the corner and as he worked his way into a better scoring position he spotted his colleague Shane Donnelly racing towards the Dunamagan goal. Donnelly grabbed Mars pass at pace to score a brilliant goal. At the other end of the pitch, Ronan Coffey began to stamp his undoubted skill on the game, getting out in front of his marker to score a point. During the first quarter, St. Lactans were the better side, with the ages Noel McGree, John Fitzpatrick, that's the St. Lactans version, and Liam Hickey, from play and from a free, pointing for the Freshford side. John Fitzpatrick, the Dunamagan version, from a free, replied for Dunamagan, who trailed their opponents at the first water break 1-6 to 0-3. It would have been closer had Darren Brennan not saved brilliantly from Ronan Coffey. Dunamagan were a different side in the second quarter, playing with far more energy throughout the field. Three unanswered points from Ray Cody, Ronan Coffey and Michael Cody, who started the centre-half forward, left a goal between the sides. The St Lactans response was impressive, with James Marr, the outstanding player on the pitch, getting in behind the Dunamagan defence for a goal. John Fitzpatrick pointed the Dunamagan free just before the referee called half-time, with St Lactans leading 2-6 to 0-7. The game tightened up considerably in the third quarter as Dunamagan grew in confidence. Ronan Coffey grabbed their first goal on four minutes when he collected a Victor Costello clearance to score. Five minutes later, Adam Fitzpatrick got Dunamagan's second goal when the St Lactans defence was caught ball-watching. That score brought the margin back to two points, and it was certainly now game on. John and Adam Fitzpatrick shot points for Dunamagan, while St Lactans regained their composure with points from Liam Hickey, uh, one included a line ball, plus James and Dara Marr to leave the Freshford side ahead 2.13 to 2.10 at the second water break. The intensity grew in the final quarter with a Ray Cody point, edging Dunamagan ahead for the first time. Moments earlier, Ronan Coffey had a great goal-scoring chance, but he opted to pass to a colleague, who was smothered by the St Lactans defence, who cleared the ball. Sub Paddy Killeen hit a goal in a point to push St Lactans ahead, and another goal from Liam Hickey, after brilliant build-up play by Noel McGree and Paddy Killeen, ensured that there was no way back for Dunamagan. The Freshford lads were deserving winners with all four of their goals top quality, but they were made to battle to the finish by an excellent Dunamagan side that may be disappointed by the result, but they will be back. Final score from Tullerone, St. Lacton's fresh for 4.17, Dunamagan 2.16. Well, relief all around in Callan today and yesterday evening as they got the better of Fenians in the relegation. We're back to Barry Henriquez again, although the reporting during the day was being done by Son John, but Barry gets to do the writing.
John Loughs won 12, the Fenians 10 points. After the tries and trauma of this year, John Loughs from Callantown had succeeded against all the odds to maintain their intermediate status after a tough, hard-fought battle against hardened warriors from Johnstown. It was not the most classic game played ever over the weekend, but it was hard-fought and it was tough and decent nonetheless. Survival was very much the issue as neither side wanted to lose this penultimate relegation survival encounter. The Callan lads had their dream start when after a long delivery into the danger zone in front of James Dormady, goal, Shane Bergen slammed home a goal after six minutes. The dominant John Locks added another three points before the Johnstown lads got out of traps with a Davy Ryan point. Quite unbelievable that was after 20 minutes had elapsed. The Callan lads continued to impress. They had a further two points on the credit side before Willie Brennan had a second point from a free in the 26 minutes. A silly tackle by a Fenians player in the 28 minutes led to his team being denied his services from that point on. At halftime Callan lads deservedly led 170 two points they increased their ascendancy with a point by the very impressively young Mikey Pender after two minutes an uninterrupted run of three unanswered points from Willie Brennan two one from a free and Jordan Muldowney had the gap between the sides down to two goals Paddy Kennedy point interrupted the surge but Willie Brennan again redesigned the two goal Callan advantage Mikey Pender restored the seven point advantage but again two Willie Brennan frees gave the Fenians some hope of pulling this game out of the fire the final ten minutes was lava hot. Some official decisions were certainly puzzling and did not meet with universal approval. The game roared to a rip-roaring conclusion which kept many spectators, in particular John Locke's supporters, chewing nails and worrying about the ability of their vital organs to cope. The best team won because they had more forwards capable of causing the greater damage. Again, defenders Colin McGrath and Tony Delaney were unbeatable. Ryan Bergen too was mighty. Owen Scriven and Matty Hoolan worked their socks off at midfield while Robert Carrick, Mikey Penn Shane Bergen and Paddy Kennedy give plenty of hard work to the Fenians defence. For the Fenians, JJ Delaney worked the entry fee alone if you were to pay. John Henderson, Michael Carroll, Davy Ryan, Willie Brennan and Donald Winston, they were the very best. John Locks won 12, the Fenians 10 points. Yeah, well, our last intermediate game uh, is the uh, Liz Downey and Young Ireland's took place out in Ballycombe today. Kieran Maldowney was there for us. Michael Ling Motors Intermediate Hurling Championship. Liz Downey won 15, Young Ireland's 15 points. A second-minute goal from Vinnie Fitzpatrick laid the foundations for this win for Liz Downey as they deservedly advanced to the semi-finals of the Intermediate Championship. The goal came about following brilliant work by Kieran Carroll who soloed in from the centre-forward position before hand-passing to Fitz who finished from close range. In fairness to Gorn, they rallied well. Two frees from Paul Holden narrowed the gap back to the minimum as 1-1 to 3 points before Aidan Tallis and Sean Carey exchanged scores. Niall Brennan got a brilliant point out in the sideline following excellent work from Kevin Sweeney and at this stage Liz Downey led 1-3 to 4 points after 10 minutes. All the while Paul Holden who contributed 11 points of his team's tally was keeping Gorn in touch with scores from freeze and from play but every time he got one Liz Downey were able to go down the other end and then get a reply. Kevin Sweeney got a great point on the 14th minute to leave it 1-4 to 5 points in favour of Liz Downey at the water break. Liz Downey then suffered a blow when Pat Carroll had to be replaced following a leg injury. His replacement Brian Kavanagh made an immediate impact pointing from out on the right hand sideline in the 23rd minute. A brilliant score by wing-back Sean Phelan saw Liz Downey stretch their lead out to 1-5 to 6 points by the 22nd minute. And just before half-time, Liz Downey took over. Two-pointed freeze by Aidan Tallis saw them stretch their gap out to 5 points before Paul Holden picked off a good score from play following some sloppy play in the Liz Downey defence. And at half-time, it was Liz Downey who led 1-8 to 7 points. 
The start of the second half saw the Gorn men take over. Paul Holden with four consecutive points, three frees and a good score from play, bringing his tally to 10, leaving it level at 1-8 to 11 points in the 37th minute. In fairness to Liz Downey, they steadied the ship well, and Aidan Tallis free and good scores by Kevin Sweeney, Cahill Jordan and Niall Brennan saw them restore their four-point lead at the water break of the second half, 1-12 to 11 points. Jack Brennan got a great score following good work by Sean Carey in the 58th minute to bring it back to a goal. But Vinnie Fitz was always a thorn in the Gorn defence. He scored in the 51st minute. Niall Brennan got his third point from play to round off a fine individual display in the 57th minute, 114 to 12 points. And despite scores by Paul Holden and Paddy Brennan towards the end of the game, it was left to Cahill Jordan to wrap up the victory. A great pass in by Niall Brennan saw Jordan take on his man and point from about 30 yards out. 115 to 15 points in favour of Liz Downey. A deserved win for Liz Downey and they will move on to the semi-final where they will take Beaton. Final score, Liz Downey won 15. Young Ireland's 15 points. And that was Kira Maldowney. We'll be back after the ads. Community Radio, Kilkenny City, keeping you company on 88.7 FM. Chadwick's Kilkenny, supporting Community Radio, Kilkenny City Sport on 88.7 FM. Yes, you're very welcome back to the last section now. We'll be dealing with Junior Hurling and that result of that match in Gordon this evening in the section B. Dixborough 224, Ayrton's on 212, and the draws were just made a short while ago. Senior, it's the semi finals Dixborough versus the Lachlan Gales, Shamrocks Valley Hill versus James Stevens in the intermediate, it's Thomason versus St. Lacton's, Glenmore versus Liz Downey, and in the, uh, the three games in the junior A section A Moonkind versus Connie he repeated last year Tulliher Ross Birkin versus Emeralds Pilton versus Blacks and Whites and in the section B final it's James Stevens versus the Borough well today uh, Gordon took on Moonkind who will now meet Connie and Jerry Drennan has that report on the line for us now thanks Jerry Yes, uh, Galmai and Moonkind took place in, Dan- in Dan's Ford today and uh, Moonkind got off to a tonic start when Patrick Walsh their captain had a ball in the Galmai net after just 30 seconds of play after a mix up in the Galmai defence Galmai settled themselves and then a pint each and Brandon Field and Conor Drennan brought them back into the game before Walsh hit his first free of the day. He was in great form for freeze. This one was for, for a, a foul on it himself. Oshin Field then hit two points in quick succession. The first one from a Ryan Murphy delivery and then a second one from a Sean Field pass to level the game in the eighth minutes of play, four points to 1-1. Galmai drove on a little bit from here with Kevin Duggan striking over from his, off his right-hand side and Stephen Delaney intercepting a Paul Hennebury clearance and hitting a point from fully 65 metres out. To leave it six points to Galmai, 1-1 to Munkine after nine minutes of play. Munkine levelled the game with a point each from Patrick Walsh and Killian Hogan. These two guys were operating a two-man full forward line, with Patrick Hennebury playing as sweeper, and Hennebury was excellent all through as he orchestrated all the deliveries up front. But Hogan and Walsh uh, tormented the Galmai defence in that first half. Conor Grace, uh, who was actually marshalling Hogan for most of that first half, popped up in the 12th minute to hit a point from long, long distance after a good pass from Nigel Stanley. Patrick Walsh replied to leave it 1-4 to 7 points, all square at the first water break. Three, uh, three points in quick succession after that water break from Ray Wall and Ke- uh, Kevin Crowley at pair. Crowley and Quilty doing very well on the wings, pushed Munkine further ahead. Patrick Walsh added one. And then we had tit for tat for a couple of minutes. It was 1-8 to 8 points with Patrick Walsh and Brandon Field exchanging points. Then Walsh and Conor Drennan exchanged frees, 1-9-9. Then Paul Hennebury and Conor Drennan exchanged points, 1-10-10. And finally, Sean Walsh and, one, and Conor Drennan, 1-11-11. But that goal was all between the sides at half-time. Munkine led at half-time, 1-10-11, and Walsh hit that point after, after the break. 
Conor Dren hit a 65 and Patrick Walsh made a 112 to 12 but from here on Munkheim began to stri- step on the gas a little bit with James Delahunty hit an excellent point from right half back he sold it up the field and struck the ball while at midfield a great point from the right wing Patrick Walsh again and Kevin Crowley made it 115 to 12 points as that gap opened up to 6 points Brandon Phelan grabbed a Ryan Murphy delivery and pulled one back for Calmai Kieran Quilty made a 116 to 13 and by the second water break it was now 117 to 15 points Munkhine seemingly edgy on it a little bit further on the time after water break they pushed on even further when they hit 7 points without reply where Sean Phelan was the only one to reply for Galmai and by the last 2 minutes of play it was 124-16 with Nigel Stanley hitting a free over the bar to make it 124-17 Munkhine looked very impressive today with their sweeper system and Paul Hennebury excellent there their wing backs were in good form with uh, Patrick Walsh up front doing most of the damage but Kieran Quilty and Kevin Crowley also played very well. For Galmai, Ryan Murphy and Nigel Stanley were good in defence. Brendan Phelan did his best as did Conor Grace. Up front, Conor Drennan and Oshin Phelan and Brandon Phelan were the main men to put the points over. But on this occasion, they came up short against a Moonkind side who will fancy themselves going in to meet Conhey in the quarterfinal next week. Jerry, thanks for that. We appreciate that. Thank you very much. Water. That's Jerry Drennan there, and that's the last of our live reports. Now it's Barrow Rangers versus uh, Tuller Ross Birkin. Peter Breen. Tuller Ross Birkin, 414, Barrow Rangers, 11 points. In the end, it was all too easy for Tuller Ross Birkin as they comprehensively defeated a disappointing Barrow Rangers in Thomastown yesterday. Rangers, aided by a stiff wind, possibly shaded the opening quarter, but their inability to convert their chances proved costly. At the water break, Tuller Ross Birkin led three points to two. After the water break, Tuller Ross Birkin added two more points before Rangers got one. Just before half time, Rangers goalkeeper Jason Holden pulled off a great save, but the rebounded slitter found its way to Keno Donoghue, who duly rattled the Rangers' net. Half-time saw Tullaharas Birkin lead one goal and five points to four. Of Rangers' four points, only one had come from play. Both sides had also hit nine wides. In the first quarter of the second half, Tullaharas Birkin outscored their opponent five points to four to leave the score at the water break. One goal and ten points to eight points, a five-point game. On the resumption, Tullaharas Birkin went on a scoring spree, notching up three goals and five points to Rangers' three points. Of Tullaharas Birkin's 414, 411 came from play, while they also hit 15 wide. They say the scoreboard tells its own tale, but in this instance, it might be a little harsh on Rangers. Yeah, well, this well done to Tuller. And uh, Blacks and Whites and Greg and Greg the Manor expected that to be a great game. Well, it turned out one way traffic, as Jim Cashin will tell us now. This eagerly awaited local derby between the same Paris teams, Blacks and Whites and Greg the Manor, took place in Gordon on Saturday at 12 o'clock. It was an eagerly awaited game, but it turned out that there was only one strong team in it. The tone for this game was set within the first 30 seconds when Michael Mo Maloney drove straight at the Greg defence and was promptly fouled, leaving the unerring Ryan Murphy to point the free, giving the Scotman a lead they would never relinquish. A poor puck out after three minutes from the Blacks and Whites goalkeeper handed possession to Greg and Terry Dreeling pointed the men in green and white level. This was the only time that parity was achieved in this game. Blacks and Whites took over and points from Jamie Bourne from play, Ryan Murphy from a free and a fine effort from the sideline by Michael Prendergast put them four points to one up after ten minutes. A blistering attacking move involving four or five players finished with full forward Paul Murphy playing his namesake Ryan in for a goal chance. He was brought down and Ryan dusted himself down took the penalty but his effort was brilliantly tipped over the bar by great keeper Ian Kavanagh. The men in black and white were rampant at this stage and two more frees from Ryan Murphy and two more points from play by Jamie Bourne put them nine points to one up after 15 minutes. Exchange points from Sean Dowling and Terry Dreeling 
reduced the deficit to 9 points to 3 at the water break. Drilling and Murphy exchanged freeze to leave at 10 points to 4. At this stage, one feared for Greg. They were in big trouble back in Whitebourne, by far and away the superior team. Murphy again from a free and a point from play from Paul Murphy made it 12 points before before the only goal of the game arrived on 27 minutes. Fine interplay involving four to five Scott men saw the ball finished in the less emphatically by Jamie Byrne. One twelve to four points was the point was the score at this stage. Murphy and Drilling exchanged frees just before half time to leave the half time score at one thirteen to five points. Blacks and whites were good value for the eleven point lead and to this observer the second half was going to be futile. In fairness to the Greg and Manor lads, they resumed with a f- with fire in the belly and got the first three points of the second half without reply via a free from drilling and two good points from play by Shamie Cavanagh and Pierce Blanfield, even a score at 113 to 8 points. Normal service was resumed in the 37th minute through another Ryan Murphy free and he struck twice more, one from a free and one from play before the water break in the second half, leaving the score with 15 minutes left at 116 to 8 points. The last 15 minutes was very scrappy with lots of substitutions by both sides. Murphy got three more points from frees from, for the Blacks and Whites while a free from drilling and a point from play by Greg sub Sean Holden completed the scoring for the day. The Scott men were on top all day and along with man of the match Ryan Murphy they had top performers in Michael Crow Maloney, Ed Nodowd, Joe Kelly, Ed Murphy before he retired injured, Paul Murphy and Jamie Byrne. Indeed that full forward line of the two Murphys and Byrne wreaked havoc in the first half and will have to be marked much better by future opponents than they were yesterday. Greg were very disappointing and I was assured by two Greg Manor men coming out from the field that they are a lot better than they showed on, on, on this performance. Drilling, Pierce Blanfield and Shemi Cavanagh were their top performers, performers on the day. In reality, the Blacks and Whites were vastly superior to the Greg Manor boys. They would have much, much tougher tasks to get over before this junior championship is finished. Final score on the day, Blacks and Whites 119, Greg Manor. 10 points. Yeah, tower thanks to Jim Cash in there. We won't get any more of the junior games out of the way, so tomorrow evening we'll have reports on Piltown and Sleeve Roo, Connie and Clooneen, Clara and James Stevens, and Wine Gap and Emeralds, and of course the under 15 county final, which was won by James Stevens. Great win today. In the Camogie today, uh, the county final in senior will be between Thomastown and uh, St. Lacton's Liz Downey. Both had wins today over Young Ireland's and Clara, respectively. In the intermediate, it's St. Anne's Emeralds and Connie in the county final. They had wins today over Mullinavat and uh, Barra Rangers. Uh, in soccer, well done to Freeboaters, a great one in will today into the final of the Leinster Youth Cup against St. Kevin boys next weekend. Ireland lost 1 0, and uh, results from the Carla Kilkenny under 17 4 4 against uh, Wexford. In the girls under 17, they lost 5 0 to Galway, and in the under 15, they beat Wexford 5 2 0. Bear, the results from Ballon Robe, just the winners there, we're running out of time. It's Nicky, the 205 is won by number 5, Fairy Hill Run 5 to 2, the 235, number 3, CN Kyle 20 to 1, the 310 was won by number 12. Tune the cello eleven to two, three forty five number eleven were ED eleven to four favour, four fifteen number two mainly can three to one, four forty five number three Doctor Duffy six to one, the five fifteen was won by number seven line out nine to four favour, and over in Churchill Downs last night the Kentucky Derby was won by Bob Baffert's authentic. Good man, Bear. Thanks for that. And look, we normally have full results, but we're caught for time. We're just in our last minute now, and we will have those junior games that we did covered in tomorrow night's TC Tires we'll review all our games again but finally to give you the uh, before we go the draws for the knockout stages in senior it's Dixborough versus the Lachlan Gales it's Shamrocks Banny Hale versus uh, James Stevens that's senior and in intermediate it's Thomason versus St. Lacton's Glenmore versus
versus Liz Downey. In junior, it's Moonkine versus Connie Shamrocks. Tuller Ross Birkin versus Emeralds. Piltown versus Blacks and Whites. And in the JJ Cavillan Sons Kilkenny Junior Hurling Championship Section B final, Sydney Neighbours James Stevens meet Dixborough with the winner true to the JJ Cavillan Sons Kilkenny Junior Hurling semi final. We did not have time to include all match reports this evening, and while the outstanding reports will be included in Monday evening's Talk Sports programme, we are adding them to this podcast to complete reports from all 20 adult championship games played over the weekend. First up, we have Tom O'Hanlon's report on the JJ Cavan and Sons Kilkenny Junior Hurling Championship game between Piltown and Sleeve Rue, which was played in Moonkine on Saturday afternoon. Very good junior game in Moonkine yesterday between Sleeve Rue and Piltown. The result of this game was in doubt up to the last five minutes. Sleeve Rue had the best of the opportunities in the early half of the game. These at the first water break, they led six points to two, with points coming from O'Kenny, Craig Field, and four from Paul Rocket, three of them freeze. They started the day after the first water break, then O'Kenny latched on another point, followed by a goal shortly afterwards for Rocket. However, from the puck out, it was hit with venom by the goalkeeper from Pilton. He landed almost on the 14-yard line and from the zoning play, Ronan got a goal back for Pilton to leave it 1-7 to 1-2. Sleeve came back with two further points and freeze by Paul Rocket to leave 1-9 to 1-2. But they finished the half better with four more points to leave the halftime score 1-9 to 1-6. Third quarter was the best part of the game with scores coming taken fast. Freeze from Paul Rocket mainly on the Sleeve side. Left them 113 to 2-8 up coming up to the, the water break. The goal for Piltown come from great work from Keane Kinsler after he split the defence there. And probably a turning point in that uh, quarter also was a penalty awarded to Sleeve Rue when they were 113 to 2-8 up. Paul put a penalty over the bar to make it 114 to 2-8. Again, um, Piltown finished that quarter well with three points from Ronan Ryan. Kevin Brophy and Owen Green again. The start of the last quarter was probably another turning point there when um, Niall Welch from Sri received an injury and was totally ineffective for the rest of the game. Keen Kinsler adds on a point. Owen Kenny and Paul Rocket hit two further points. They were to 116 to 212. So Sri Rue were still two points up. And Rowan Ryan got a point back from from a free. And then the 25th, 26th minute, which was about the same time in the first half when Rowan got a goal, he scored another opportunist effort to make it 313 to 116. That was a really turning point. Point. Killian Perrow got a point back from Slee Rupert. Pilton owned the rest of the game with four further points from Kevin Brophy, Kevin Wedge at long range three, and Ronan Ryan with two points to finish the match 416 to 117. This Pilton team will be a challenge for anyone in the quarterfinals. That was Tom O'Hanlon. Our next report is from Pat Tracy, who was at the JJ Cavill and Sons Kilkenny Junior Hurling Championship game this afternoon in Tom Ryle Park, Kilmana, between Emeralds and Winegap. The Emeralds won 20, wine gap 16 points. The Emeralds playing with the wind in the first half could only manage a four-point lead at halftime, 13 points to nine against a 14-man wine gap. But a powerful third quarter from the Northern team stamped their authority on this game and a string of points from Aidan Fogarty, Connor Martin and Jerry Troy put them 19 points to 12 ahead by the 45th minute. A revival looked on for Wine Gap when uh, Niall Walsh was brought down for a penalty and Pad Doheny was sent off for the second yellow card offence. Walsh's penalty hit the post and went wide. Three minutes later, Taggy Fogarty picked up the ball on his own 50-yard line, soloed up the field, centre to Conor Martin. Conor sallied through and laid off to Cahill Walsh. He finished the ball to the net, 120-14 to 14 points. Game was over. Emmett Landy was outstanding for Winegap at centre-back. He hit six points, three 65s and one long-range free and two from play. Niall Walsh and Peter Hennessy 
posed most threat in the forwards, while Sub Patrick Foley also impressed. But the Emeralds had too much right around the field and deserved their win on a scoreline of 120 to wind up 16 points. That was Pat Tracy. I was in Muckalee on Saturday afternoon when Conaghy Shamrocks played Clooneen in the JJ Cavan and Sons Kilkenny Junior Hurling Championship and this is how that game went. JJ Cavan and Sons Junior Hurling Championship Conaghy Shamrocks 417, Clooneen 210. Conaghy Shamrocks overcame an indifferent start to run out comfortable winners over Clooneen in the JJ Cavan and Sons Junior Hurling Championship in Muckalee on Saturday afternoon. The clock side made a blistering start leading 1-2 to no score after 8 minutes. Right from the throw-in, Clooneen won a free which Padre Delaney superb from place balls all afternoon point Two minutes later, Owen Regan punished some poor Connie defending to score Clonine's first goal. Patrick Delaney pointed another free one minute later to push Clonine ahead 1-2 to no score. Clonine had wind advantage in the first half but opted to play Brian Cal as a sweeper. The tactic worked well. Edmund Delaney eventually got Connie off the mark with a 9th minute point and that score stirred his side to greater effort. That greater work rate from the winner saw them score a brace of goals to Tom Phelan who was set up by Kieran Mooney and a second from Alan Healy who won a Tom Phelan delivery to score. In between those two goals, Owen Regan pointed for Clooneen. Connie had the better of the exchanges in the second quarter with points from Edmund Delaney, two frees and one from play, John Mullen, Donald Brennan and Kieran Mooney. Clooneen had two excellent goal-scoring chances which did not convert. Owen Regan was almost in for a second goal but hit the shot wide, while another effort was pushed out for a 65 by Connie goalie Park Delaney. Clooneen's Padraig Delaney pointed a 65, leaving Connie ahead 2-7-1-5 at the interval. Just as at the start of the game, Clooneen began the new half in whirlwind fashion. Right from the throw-in they won possession, and when a long delivery landed close to the Conaghy goal, it was superbly caught by Thomas Brennan, who finished impressively to the net, leaving two points between the sides. Clooneen, though, could not build on their newfound momentum, and only managed five-pointed frees from Padraig Delaney for the remainder of the game. A third Conaghy goal from Tom Phelan, after Alan Healy's initial shot was brilliantly saved by Gary Delaney into Clooneen goal, saw the winners take control of the game. Conaghy's defence, ably marshalled by Davy and Brian Healy, now became the launching pad for many Conaghy scores. Owen Cal scored a brace of points and set up many more scores for the winners, while John Mullen was excellent all through the game at centre-half forward. Edmund Delaney's scoring from both play and freeze was impressive all afternoon and he kept a fine performance with his side's fourth goal in the 18th minute. Despite trailing throughout the second half, Clooney battled gamely to the finish. They would have led at the interval had they not missed those two excellent goal-scoring opportunities, but overall their dependence on Padre Delaney for their scores from freeze was too big a handicap. Conaghy, who lined out without the injured James Berrigan, were deserving winners on an afternoon which saw them deliver some good and some indifferent play. Suspect first-half defending might have been punished, but the side delivered a much better second half with improved work rate and teamwork. Final score from Muckalee, Conaghy Shamrocks 4-17, Clunin 2-10. One more game to go, and that is in the JJ Cavanagh Sons Kilkenny Junior Hurling Championship Section B semi-final between James Stevens and Clara, which was played in Jenkinstown on Saturday evening. Liam Kelly O'Rourke reports. James Stevens 3-13, Clara 20 points in this Section B semi-final from Jenkinstown involving the village men and Clara had the potential to be a classic and it didn't let us down. Scores were aplenty and the opening goal came after just a minute with Tommy Walton scoring for James Stevens, 1-1 to a point. Clara responded well though with their midfield partnership of Stephen Quinlan and Kieran Prendergast and the half-forward line connecting up well and playing well in the match in the early exchanges. Clara narrowly trailed the village 1-5-3 by the 7th minute. Both teams were risky hurlers by the looks of it and were playing some lovely brands of hurling. It was score for score for the remainder of the half though as this as the scoreboard kept on ticking apart from three consecutive points for, Cla- for the Clara men between the 21st and 25th minutes leaving the scoreboard tied at 1-7 to 10 points at half time. 
Three further scores for Clara at the beginning of the second half gave them a 13 points to 1-8 lead early on as it looked like they were going to open up a bit of a gap. Both teams had their Raiders on though with Clara outscoring James Stevens 5 points to 3 between the 37th and 46th minutes. Both attacks were in fine form with Clara, with Clara creating the better chances. The key difference though was Tommy Walton who had a brilliant game all night. Uh, he came in with his second goal of the evening by minute 41. By the 46th minute though the game was 210 to 18 points. Clara still maintaining that two-point advantage. Clara had a one-point lead at the, as the match came to an end, but there was to be further drama as Tommy Walton, who was a constant threat, capped off a fine match with his hat-trick goal in the final moments and provided great entertainment for the few Jenkinstown officials that managed to get a glimpse of the game. But James Stevens snatched it at the end. Clara were more efficient, arguably, in front of the goal, taking their points. But goals win matches, as they say, and James Stevens, courtesy of Tommy Walton, certainly did that. The full time from Jenkinstown in this Junior Hurling League semi-final section B was James Stevens 3.13, Clara 20 points. And that's it from a very busy weekend of Championship Hurling and Camogie in Kilkenny. Join us again next Sunday evening for a roundup on all next weekend's Hurling and Camogie Championship Games. Until then, Slán of Spanacht.